Welcome everyone to the Tweet Cap. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and with me, my co-host over Zoom, Matt Brown. Matt, how you doing? I'm excellent today. How are you? I'm good. It's a long time no see. That's of course the <laughs> yesterday. But uh yeah, yeah, you've yeah. been busy, haven't you there, Matt? Yeah, I've been uh you and me recorded an episode for this Monday in the Productive Conversations podcast. You've given me the uh, Biden perspective to help match with the uh, Trump one with my guests. And uh, just one of the things to make clear, though, it's beginning with the uh, guest. It's not 100% a politics-only episode for his portion. It's his regular appearance. But, you know, figured to have a fair view on both sides. And he uh, talked often about his uh, Republican and conservative ideologies fair the day before the episode have the uh, countering side, you know? Absolutely, and I was happy to do it. It was a good time. Uh, but this is a different show, and I have to say mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited because I've, I've been looking through Twitter, and obviously we know next week what the biggest story will be. Um, but this week the release there's been a, of there's the, been a lot to talk about that doesn't no. have to do with either of the presidential candidates. So I'm excited. We get That's to talk about something. Years. Exactly. You know, of the calm before the storm. Uh, it all comes to a head next week. But for now, let's talk about um, some very nice news. Do you want to cover this one? Indeed, man. Indeed. Do you uh, want to introduce it or me? Uh, it's up to you, but I can certainly introduce it. So um, yeah, we talked about start. this. A little bit of a, a preview last time. We talked about the... Uh, Borat 2 subsequent movie film that mm-hmm. had not yet been released when we last recorded. It was the day before the movie came out. Uh, we've both seen it since then. That's right. Um, so uh, what do you think? So Borat 2 it is a very funny movie, though it's not as good as the first, but I do think that that is a daunting thing to take over because it is a true original classic. But having said that, I do think Borat 2 had plenty of laughs throughout. Plenty of uh, – it was a completely different movie compared to Borat, the yeah. original. I feel like this Borat had an actual plot. Uh, the introduction of his daughter, I think, was a huge game changer. I would go as far as to say she stole the show from Borat. She really – uh. I think this is, could make a star study before. She was hilarious, a great comedic time, and she really uh, competed with Sacha Barico. I thought, of course, he still kept. He wasn't afraid to do jokes that really wouldn't get anyone else canceled besides <laughs> him. And um, I think there was just also some good commentary. And, um, you know, it's fair to say for anyone listening to have some spoilers on this. But um, so spoiler alert, just in case. And I think that there was also a great twist as how the coronavirus pandemic actually started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> poor, uh, not poor Tom Hanks. Good on Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the guys. Good on Tom Hanks. That's all I'll say. He was um, a good, uh, good support. Trooper. But it was um, yeah. very funny. Very, very funny movie. And uh, what did you think? I, I liked it. Um, I actually just listened to an interview that Sasha Baron Cohen did today. Out about how he cast his daughter Tutar um, in that process. And so really? How did I didn't hear? Important. What did he do? Yeah, so apparently he had over 500 people that they interviewed. They interviewed and then he read a short scene with some of them and then they called people back and in character 
uh, he and, you know, these potential co-stars would walk around and they had to stay in character all day with him as Borat and talk <laughs> to regular people. Um, so there, these people were called into a focus room, uh, again, under the guise of speaking to an international journalist uh, about, I don't know what, he didn't get into all of those details, but they thought they were, you know, doing like a regular focus group. And instead it was Borat and Sutar. And there was, there were several different actresses and, <laughs> Ultimately, they went with um, with who they went with, with Maria Baklo- uh, Baklava. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, apparently it was a very long process. Like I said, 500 people. Uh, and that was before they had a single audition. That was just the names that were being, you know, initially considered. And they yeah. all had to read a scene and they all had to stay all day in character and talk to regular people. Uh, so uh, definitely, you know, kudos to... Uh, Kudos on them for you know nailing it because they did, and of course on uh, the actor for being able to portray that character um, basically improvised, right? Because there was no movie script in the focus group; it was just be the character, um, yeah. and that's what they did. But um, yeah, I, I liked the movie. Um, I obviously I think I liked the first one better, but uh, I did like this movie. I think this is probably it for Borat. I don't think mm-hmm. it'll work again. Um, but that's all right. You know what? Uh, 2020 needed needed a little bit of levity uh, mixed in with its uh, you know dire <laughs> sense of urgency. And I think Borat absolutely has the uh, the right mix between levity and urgency. Um, yes. But one thing that I th- think is interesting uh, in the movie, and I think in real life, the nation of Kazakhstan, the real one, for anyone who didn't know, it's a real nation. Uh, was none too happy with its portrayal in the original Borat movie. Originally they were very him. upset with the actor. I'm sorry? I'm sorry, you're going to continue, but I was going to just throw in the fact they originally banned him from the country. Yes. So, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen was banned from Kazakhstan, which, of course, is where his character Borat is from. <laughs> um, but they went ahead and they took a little bit of a different approach after seeing the uh, subsequent success of the subsequent movie film. <laughs> and they have decided to launch a massive tourism campaign trying to get people to come to Kazakhstan. And the tagline of this new campaign, the new tagline for the, sta- uh, for the uh, nation is very nice. And for those of you who have seen the movie, you know, very nice is uh, kind of a catchphrase for uh, the Borat character. So um, while they initially were very much against their portrayal, they are now wholeheartedly in on the joke and they're even utilizing it to try and get some people to come visit Kazakhstan. Uh, what do you think of that? Either they really need some money or uh, I guess this is a side of the progressive types. You know, there's a funny meme that uh, I have to show between the two Borats. Borat already came out in 06 and then Borat 2020. And it goes like, I'm going to America. And then everyone is cheering on the top 2006 at the bottom. I'm going to America. And then all people are in fear. Like, the, oh, what? <laughs> I think like, um, I think it's just the dude is just so popular. You know, I, he's in a very extremely rare, rare um, category of places for stuff he can't do that would get a lot of other people in trouble. You know, and um, yeah, absolutely. I think they just if he's his popularity has done more than good. It really is. I think it proves it is an international 
you know, character, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen's also from the UK. He's not an American. But so, um, and that's where he got his popularity. So I think just the world presence and it's just a case of if you can't beat him, join him, you know? Like, seriously. I think, I think this is smart. Um, most countries won't allow Americans to come. Uh, so <laughs> we have, don't have very many options anyway. So you know what? Might as well spice up Kazakhstan a little bit. It's, the, it's open. And that's, I think that could, that could have easily been the tagline too. Kazakhstan, it's open. Because <laughs> none of the other places that uh, we as Americans like to travel are open, including several states. So you know what? Um, Kazakhstan, this might, this might be a, a, a weird flex. That's going to pay off. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have the travel bug that a lot of other people have. Uh, I don't need to yeah. leave the continent um, every six months. But for, I know a lot of people who do like, really like to travel. And they're, this is really hard for them, like this, this moment right now, because nothing is open. Nothing is accepting Americans to even fly there. Um, mm-hmm. So you know what? If, if this works, you know, kudos. They're going to get a lot more business. I mean, everybody seems to like the movie. So you know, if nothing else, you know, they'll get everybody doing the, the, the thumbs up uh, in front of a sign that says Kazakhstan <laughs> and a lot of TikTok videos of people going there and just screaming very nice. So, uh, you know, this, this, could be, uh, this could be a real boon for Kazakhstan. Um, probably not, but weirder things have happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. And I think it's, it's nice to see the, one of the good things that it, He's done more good than bad for that country in a way. I mean, I don't think, you know, obviously people complained about how it was portrayed, the stereotypes and whatnot. But, you know, you could say that for a long time. And I think people are just using it. Yeah, like you said, if anything, just a a plea to get people to come over here. Because, you know, yeah, I can't really think of much to do in Kazakhstan pre-Borat or, you know, post once it came out. But it, his... Borat really is associated with that country, like, like synonymously <laughs> at this point. Like yes, you think Kazakhstan, most people will think of Borat, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody in the movie is from Kazakhstan, which is even better. Yeah, they didn't even film the movie in Kazakhstan either. They used just so it's just funny how all the places you could find and the sets in the world and say, "Oh, it's, we're here." Exactly. Um, so while most people don't know Kazakhstan and. We'll see if that changes now that they have very nice as their slogan. Everybody was tuned in or at least, uh, you know, kept knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the probably the biggest story of the week, the end of the World Series. And yep. this felt like a bigger World Series than the past few, um, partly because of who won and, you know, everything going on in sports and in that city, partly because of some knucklehead moves and part we'll, we'll leave it mm-hmm. at knucklehead moves but uh why don't mm-hmm. you give us a recap of uh your thoughts on the world series because i know you watched the whole game and i did not yeah so uh 2020 world series la dodgers have been 32 years since they won the world series tampa rays tampa bay rays trying to win their first world series in general franchise history been around since 98 um probably one of the most notorious is it's really old school versus new school one of the most popular things baseball has become is uh, is into these days called analytics, sabermetrics, money ball, pretty much using more using more math strategies and computers to figure out how 
to produce rin, wins and runs. So they focus more instead of like home runs and RBIs, they focus more like on base percentage and uh, and um, probability the pitcher's going to get someone out. And I think mm-hmm. it's been tough for baseball because it is hard to understand. They've added so many new stats like launch angles and war and and all this mumbo jumbo. And, I don't even know what you're um, saying. So. so yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the reasons why baseball and other reasons why it's losing popularity. But um, pretty much in an elimination game, Dodgers are up three games to two. They need one more win to win the World Series. They this guy Blake Snell is pitching the game of his life. And he only gave up one hit. And these are some really good hitters on the Dodgers. The, the, so it, statistically, you're more likely to give up more hits and runs after you at the, see the batting order for the third time around. And that's what happened. And despite him pitching the game of his life, not going on feeling, he just went on numbers and, and statistics. So he took the pitcher out. They uh, – Brew out a new pitcher and give up three runs instead, and they lose the World Series. And a lot of people can attest to that very move <laughs> that he took out his best pitcher way too early, simply because of math probability and and not uh, math probability computers. You know, having more math leads tell you what to do than a uh, going off gut feeling, which has worked the other previous hundred years, it seemed. And um, though though statistics and analytics, I think, are fine for the regular season to get you there, you know, just like anything, when you're doing a postseason, when you are in, you know, you're in your big – having your big reviews and this is your time to shine, it uh, messes you up. And that's what cost them. So I think they shouldn't have – they should have just went on gut and we'd probably uh, not be – literally not be talking about this if, uh, if, they, if they just let him in. Well, so in fairness, even though it happened, we're still not really talking about it. Um, yeah. One, because the, the city of Los Angeles has now won two championships out of uh, three major sporting events, um, so or sporting leagues, I should say. So ironically enough, Tampa won the other one. Uh, uh, so mm-hmm. either way, the, the winner of the World Series is going to make the city that, they, uh, that they calls them home to twofer when it comes to championships. But uh, yeah, the Lakers, of course, the NBA champions, and now the Dodgers, of course, the uh, World Series champions. So real quick, before we get into the, the real story, and I think everybody knows what the real story is. Um, do you think they can make it a three-peat? Three is company. Do you think Los Angeles uh, has any chance of winning the uh, Super Bowl? I believe that's the only major sporting uh, well, league left. Yeah, exactly, and hockey too, which they lost. But um, well, they lost that one already. Yeah. Yeah, no Kings. I. So we had the Charges though. Charges might not make the playoffs the way they're playing, even though they're looking. They, they even though they got a good future in their quarterback, Justin Herbert and stuff. I don't think uh, they're gonna make the playoffs. But the LA Rams are holding their own. Um, they have a big game this week against. Big division game, I think, against the 49ers. And uh, I think that would be – that might not be as easy to grasp because there's a lot of teams better than them in their own conference, like the Seahawks and the uh, – mm-hmm. um, you know, like Seahawks look good. And uh, well, I guess maybe that really is the only team in front of them in the division. We got the Seahawks because they are holding their own. But um, Any given Sunday. <laughs> Literally, so I think uh, you know Seahawks, Packers would look really good. Uh, 
stuff like that. So I, I think it's possible, but not not likely. That's my honest opinion. I mean, yeah, I don't either. But it, I saw it. Someone someone posted it. Uh, obviously, a fan of you know Los Angeles, uh, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, I don't even know. That would probably be the biggest sporting accomplishment in like LA's history to have all three of those championships. And this year they can't do a thing about it. (laughs) They can't do the massive parade that would show up if they had three sporting champions They can't do any of the big parties. They can't do any of the major press. This of course is because of COVID-19 and it goes to the star of the last game of the world series Mm-hmm. Um, for all the wrong reasons, Justin <laughs> Turner. Yep. So do you want to take this one first or do you want me to take this one first, Matt? Sure, I could explain. Um, pretty much the we saw the in the middle of the game six, like three-fourths in the game, they uh, find out that Justin Turner, second baseman of the Dodgers, tests positive for COVID-19 in the middle of the game. And this leads to uh and then this leads to um this leads to you know people speculation why they take him out what's going on over there and he winds up taking it out taking him out and uh um then they've like well you know what was going on what happened so after he's removed we see Dodgers actually win the world series and at first wasn't allowed to celebrate with his team and stuff, but he literally didn't care. He said to the security in Major League Baseball, you know, go somewhere else. And he celebrated with them, half with a mask, half not. You know, he kissed his girlfriend now, which makes it really a comfortable picture if you really think about it. And, um, well, there's been – you know, there was possibilities of a, it could have possibly been a false positive test, but it doesn't seem like that for how long it's taking um, for that to be the case. And I know the more testing had to be done right away. And uh, yeah, it's um, wasn't really responsible what Mr. Turner did. You know, there's no real way to defend it. You know, I know people say, oh, but he won the World Series, you know. He's not really thinking at the time. And I do really think that's why he uh, ignored everything. It's like, dude, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity just happened. But, but you know, at the end of the day, it was a uh, unnecessary risk. And we'll have to – we don't want to see where that can – the worst-case scenarios from it now. So, I think there's a few points that need to be made. First of all – the initial fault should be with the MLB. Yep. Actually. And only the initial fault. Everything else is his fault, by the way. But for the very first thing, how do you not know if you're putting sick people on a baseball field until the seventh inning? That's like that, – that is not like – that is the majority of the game. Yeah. You might have like, 19 positive so People say, like, might as well keep him out there if he's been there that long. But, I mean, of course. I mean, not might as well, but you know what I mean. Right. Correct. He, he Even though, obviously, you know, whenever you remove someone who's sick, you do then increase uh, the chance that no one else catches it. Mm-hmm. You know, two hours with someone who has COVID and four hours with someone who has COVID, obviously, if you spend four hours, you have a greater chance of catching it. Yeah, it's that yeah. simple. So, of course, you got to pull him. But seven innings, 
that's a long time. And he's in the dugout too. This isn't like, you know, I don't even know. Cause no matter what, no matter bench in basketball, a dugout in baseball, they're, they're close mm-hmm. together. It's a tiny little thing. Yep. And so, I mean, I don't know how you didn't get those results. And they, I was doing some research on this cause I know we talked about whether or not uh, it could be a false positive. Um, so the tests came back before the game is inconclusive. So but then they, they still let him play. Incon- right. So they took his inconclusive test, let him go play. And then they ran two more tests on that. And then they saw something that kind of scared doctors, still not a positive COVID test. So then they tested that sample again and it came back positive. So in reality, this test was, he got, he was run four times. His sample was run four times. So it wasn't false. You, you can't, it, it, four times. One of them would have been like, nah, this is COVID. So obviously they knew he was sick. I don't know if he knew he was sick, but the MLB knew he was sick, which is why they told the Dodgers, sit him right now. He has to isolate. And they even have a room, by the way, in the uh, clubhouse for players who do test positive. Um, if for this situation, so they even game plan for this very situation. If someone gets sick and we find out during the game, we have to isolate them from the rest of the team in the clubhouse and, you know, await further instructions on where they should be going or what we should do next in terms of uh, medical practice. Then after that point, it's all on Justin Turner because they said, pull him. The Dodgers said, absolutely. We understand. And he said, no, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> and he just went out there anyway. And he sat next to members of his staff and his coaching staff and his team who are immunocompromised. There's actual photographic evidence of that. Um, granted, I think that was the first time that was before he knew he was sick. But then he still went out there knowing that he's got immunocompromised team members. And I think the staff is like team. You know, it's all family there. Yeah, yeah. And he still went out there. And I get maybe he thought, you know what, I'm going to celebrate with my girlfriend because, you know, she lives with me. If I'm sick, guess what? She's sick too. (laughs) But then the two of them should have stayed away and they should have celebrated. And if they wanted to take a picture with that trophy, easily could have. Security, the guy who brought him to the room, he's already been exposed. Have him bring the trophy. They could take a picture in quarantine. Did you find it funny? I don't care that you wanted to celebrate. The picture of the the Rule Series trophy tested positive for COVID. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't care that he celebrated though. Like I get it. You want to celebrate, but you can't celebrate with your whole team. And I understand that that's not what he wanted, but it's what happened because he got sick. Um, And like I said, there's already another positive test this time from a Ray's family member. However, they don't think that that is from the the game. They think that that's likely from the same thing that got him sick. They think that the hotel was somehow compromised. And they're investigating that as well because the bubble is supposed to be the, you know, the all-powerful protector. Yeah, that's probably the most – failed at the very last moment. That is the worst – that's probably the most mind-boggling part. And unless somebody, you know – again, it's, I don't want to criticize the security guards. Did somebody go out and you turn it the other way? Did we have, a, that, like, the situation with the Rockets player bringing in a girl for him that he needed uh, to um, risk getting sick for? Like, how did how does um, he get sick like that in a, the almighty bubble that failed at oh, the very that? last moment? And you just – and more reasons to make fun of MLB and NBA rising because NBA figured out. Reckon they had a whole ass Disney World, and they had. And, I mean, hotel staff, you know, they might not test any symptoms. When you the hotel, you know, they do a temperature check, and I, I'm for the temperature checks, but that's one symptom 
out of many, including the option where you're sick, contagious, and also have no symptoms. So it could have easily been, you know, hotel staff, a food server, uh, a driver, if they had someone drive them to and from practice, if they didn't drive themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, who has no symptoms, passed the temperature check, but he or she was still contagious. And that's just, unfortunately, that's just a risk that we have to take now. And I'm not blaming them. And I'm not blaming Justin Turner for getting sick, but he didn't know he was sick. It's not like it was a surprise. They found out after the game, uh, he went out there knowing. So again, hopefully this one case is the only other case we have. Um, and then the, Justin and the uh, family member of the Rays player that is sick now both recover and you know it was a ooh dodged a bullet there you know that was a close one but uh i worry because you know a lot of the conversation online is well he's super healthy uh you know he's a finely tuned athlete which is absolutely true i'd be shocked if he was you know dealing with any immediate ramifications but there's long-term effects and more importantly like i said people on his team and his organization are immunocompromised so they really they really should have taken that far more seriously than they did because there's not a single game or a single trophy. And I'll say this, you know, if I ever win a big trophy, Matt, you can call me and say, is it true still? And it will still be true. There's nothing. (laughs) If you really care about something or someone rather, there's nothing in your life that's more important than that. So risking people who he knew were high risk that I have a problem with that, but that's all we'll say on that because it's still a developing story and, uh, hope to god we never talk about it again because there's nothing there but um we'll have to see what happens like i said there could be ripples there could be nothing and it is what it is but i'm sure people will continue to give us their opinion uh all over the internet as the uh days and weeks go on from that moment man how about that dude um i guess we'll have to uh we really just have to see more than ever. And uh, I'm ex- well, if, if, uh, oh, just fingers crossed, man, that's just, that is really a slippery situation. And people really, really will remember that more than the actual series win. And, um, let's hope that, uh, let's hope something changes for the better. Indeed. But, uh, speaking of, Slippery situations. We may have a massive case of Butterfingers over at Fox News. Uh, This broke today. What they Um, do now. uh, What they do now. So as we all know, there's a fictitious um, document that's so, so damning to Hunter Biden. It's sure Mm -hmm. to ruin the Biden campaign's chance at ever being elected dog catcher, let alone president of the United States. Yep. And apparently, somebody sent that document, mm. the only one of its kind, to Tucker Carlson over at Fox News via DHL. So not USPS, <laughs> not FedEx, DHL. And Tucker Carlson went on air last night and told everyone that it was stolen or misplaced. The only copy of this document no one knows what's in it no one knows what it says including apparently tucker carlson because he didn't tell us um just that it was going to guarantee donald trump wins re-election guarantee that biden's go to prison and uh, tucker lost it and it's this one thing this literally sounds like a movie plot you're saying 
It just, it right. just so it, happened to have at least a copy of it. It almost sounds scripted, doesn't it, Matt? <laughs> I mean, so this is, this is insanity. Um, obviously, the document's not real. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, if they ever find it, if, you know, two if years... If they do track my location... Yeah, if two years after the Biden presidency, DHL comes forward and says, we have the document, um, then I will apologize to everyone I know. But this is just nonsense talk. Uh, and I think it's hysterical because he lost it on air. If you, if you watch mm-hmm. it, he, he just went on an incoherent rant. And again, despite having you know, privileged access to this information, he didn't think to take any notes or make a photocopy or, you know, do anything, ask anyone. I mean, someone sent it to him, right? Where's that person? (laughs) I don't say, just tell us what it said. No one knows what it said, but it's lost and it's gone forever. So apparently only Hunter Biden and his many co-conspirators in the media and in the deep state know what the, um, the host over at Fox news, Tucker Carlson tonight is talking about. Um, Again, I don't like Tucker Carlson. Surprise for anyone who didn't know I was going to say that. <laughs> um, but I didn't think he was like, I didn't think he was dumb. I just thought he was, you know, playing to an audience. And after hearing and uh, watching the clips from last night and seeing like the way he's responded to this, he's got to, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to reconsider my previous stance on Tucker Carlson's intelligence because let's pretend he did lose the piece of paper let's pretend it's real for a second why tell anyone no one knew it was real except for apparently him and tucker uh him and tucker him and hunter biden just pretend you never got it why would you go on a rant about a document you've never seen and can't confirm even exists on television other than the fact that he knows that his ratings will never go down because people watch his show just to watch his show mm-hmm. and i mean that's it that, I don't know. Any thoughts on this, Matt? Like I said, this is just today, so uh, kind of a late addition there. It's like Geraldo Rivera to uh, the Al Capone vault. I don't know if you know <laughs> that, that situation where he told and had this whole thing and people are going to open it and we're going to see what's inside. Maybe there's gold. Maybe there's money. Uh, maybe there's evidence for more crimes and he just found literally nothing except like <laughs> old like old bottles. But well, at least he found the vault. At least the vault in exists. A way. <laughs> this is Tucker Carlson's vault, and there's not even a vault. Yeah. He's like, I, behind this door is a safe, and instead it was a broom closet. <laughs> it's um yeah, like I said, it's a uh, it just doesn't it just it sounds more of a movie plot than uh, anything. And that's what it comes down to. It, it sounds fake, you know. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably just a duck. But um. Yeah, that was that was a breaking story for today. Uh, it gave me a good chuckle. Um, I'm thinking the documents are located somewhere with the president's tax returns. I think mm-hmm. they've both been misplaced. Um, and so the day that they get the tax returns is the day that the document shows up. That's, of course, a joke because we're never seeing President Trump's tax returns. Never, ever. Never in a trillion years. <laughs> He's never going to show us those tax returns. And that's fine because... Uh, I pay more taxes than the president of the United States, apparently. So I don't uh, need—I don't need to know that. But um, that's all I have for today. Uh, like I said, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, next week, 
big week. And by big week, I mean probably one of the more stressful weeks uh, for everyone on, of all stripes. You know what the most stressful, annoying part is with election day? So we probably won't yeah. know our president. We won't know who wins <laughs> to, on Tuesday night. Well, more actually, likely. they'll probably both. They'll, they'll both, both just declare victory. Mm, well, that's the one thing I think. Like, are we going to actually have our answer at the end of the night? And no, we will not. So uh, before you we wrap be, up, you know it's just, funny. You'll be uh, out and about oh, sorry, on like the Tuesday or Friday, doing your everything. Then you find out. <laughs> I yeah, you just you know at the go grocery the store, grocery. And then your phone goes off. You have the notification. <laughs> Talk about Twitter. Then, then you just you just hear uh, you just hear the screams one way or the other. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't know. I know that famous clip with by it really does make me laugh with when by when trump gets elected and we see that woman who who took the time to go to the inauguration just to just to scream no it's hilarious <laughs> you parody yourself i'm sorry and i didn't want to see that either but come on you she you're asking to get you're asking yes. to be a meme yes that that that's you know that's always going to be a tough spot um but yeah, yeah, I figured those are. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. Plenty to talk about and nothing at all because it's all going to be the same topic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if that's it, I think we could probably wrap this up um yep. and let everybody know about the big news. So we may not know who the next president of the United States is on Tuesday, <laughs> but Matt and I will be talking about it anyway because everybody loves it when you just talk without any information. And so we're going to give that a try for the first time, the two of us on our podcast, and talk about the election. Um, I don't know what we're going to say. Maybe we'll have a president. Maybe we won't. Uh, so you definitely want to tune in and, uh, yep. and hear what's going on. Um, like I said, I have no idea what that episode's going to look like. You can't even plan for it this year. Usually you can plan for it. Like, all right, this is when they announce results. This is when, you know, <laughs> they give their speeches. We have no idea. Not this year. None. All I know is we'll be on that. We'll be on the air one way or the other. Exactly. But we'll be here uh, to to talk about it or to gripe about it, whichever um, whichever is more appropriate um, due to the information that we have. Is there anything you want to plug, Matt? I was just uh, just listening here to the tweet cap every Friday on all podcasting platforms specifically, especially Apple and Spotify, and then uh. Productive Conversations is every Monday and Thursday. And every Monday and Thursday, Ryan will be on again on Monday to give his pers- the uh, Democratic perspective coming into the election. The first double guest in That's the history. Too. Yes, the first so, double guest too. Still one of the highest rated guests on mm-hmm. the uh, Productive Conversations podcast. So I'm definitely about uh, to check big those ratings numbers draw. Too, so. This kid mm-hmm. right here. You can't see me, but I'm pointing at myself. Numbers don't uh, lie. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. They don't care about your feelings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I've got nothing else to plug. Obviously, listen to me on Productive Conversations podcast. Um, go ahead and follow me on Twitter and share stories with me, and I'll talk about them. Um, my Twitter handle again is at rpp95, all capitals. And uh, I'm a bit of a lurker, but you will see me tweet and retweet on occasion. But send me stuff because I'll say it. I have no problem talking about it. Um, 
and I know Matt is on every social media platform all the time. So him too. Uh, yep. Let us know if you find something interesting because yeah. we're always looking for fun things to read. Find me on Twitter and Matt Brown 31 or Matt Brown 300 for Instagram. And yeah, I'll definitely have more to talk to you about next week, Ryan. Yes, more to come next week. But until then, I'm Ryan. That's Matt. And thank you for listening to the Tweet Cap. Have a good night, Ryan. You too, Matt.